Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. We're just going to talk for a little bit about prayer and some things that the Lord has said to me, because I'm telling every one of you, if you get nothing else out of today, know this, God is calling us to a higher place of prayer. And if you step off that place, you will not get the full harvest of what you're praying. And we're going to see through scripture that the whole plan is to get you to give up. It's the whole plan. And you know what? If you do, it's okay. God loves you. There's no condemnation. There's no accusation. There's no judging guilty for those who are in Christ. Ever. So I've told you and been telling you it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay not okay. We've read many times Isaiah 55, 9 through 11, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. What did, it, what did it say? It shall not return to me void. Almighty God says, my word shall not return to me void. But, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The entire aim of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mode of operation. Nothing has changed. And if you read Mark 4, which we have done many times, what does he come to steal? The seed of the word. Why? Guess what? The devil actually believes the scripture. The demons know the word and tremble. I'm not going to go into the story, although you would be shocked if I did where I actually met and believed a very short amount of time, a scam artist. This guy could speak the word like nobody I've ever heard. Like nobody I've ever heard. I mean, we would sit there and talk the word. Hebrew, Greek, Swahili, you name it. The devil knows the word. And when I would wonder, and I, I had actually vetted this person with a, someone very well known who was also fooled. When I found that out, I was, but he knew the word so well. And my youngest daughter looked at me, she goes, the devil knows the word, mom. I mean, what did he tempt Jesus with? The word. The word. Because he knows the power of the word. And if he can steal the seed, or even if the seed's there, but all the cares of the world and and the affliction that arises because of the word, if he can choke it out, 
because you let your guard down, he'll do it. That's his aim. That's why the command is the same command that he gave to Adam. Tend, guard, and keep the garden. Now, would he have said that if he didn't know there was a predator? Tend, guard, and keep. Today, I'm going to take some grandchildren, some of them. They wanted to see something called Ant-Man. I have no idea who Ant-Man is. So I said, so we're going to go see a man that's actually an ant. No, Mimi. He's an Avenger. What is an Avenger? You know, Marvel. What is that? I finally said, oh, Superman, Batman. I love, I love Superman. I mean, the old days. You got to be old to remember the old days. Remember Clark Kent, Lois Lane, phone booth. Remember? Yeah. Well, you young people, you are missing out. You've got to go back and, re- and watch this. It's so good. Love Superman. Hey, kryptonite. So I said, oh, yeah, Superman and Batman. They went, no. What do you mean, no? That's DC. What's DC? So you're telling me Superman is not a superpower? No, Ant-Man is apparently a superpower. But you know what? The word's a superpower. He's not pretend. He's real. The word can withstand the kryptonite. Anything the devil sows. But we got to keep it in our mouth. But I don't see it. People would say, but what about your sister? Well, my sister didn't die. Her body did. But she didn't die. I sat by her bed many times. If you think she died, you don't know the word. Jesus said, he who believes in me will never taste death. I am the resurrection and the life. I sat by her bed many times and I said, Kathy, you will never taste death. You will leave your body and you'll probably look at it and go, you look horrible. (laughs) And you will be in the presence of the Lord. But you'll never taste it because death is the enemy of God. His children don't die. Our bodies are not useful anymore. They're not fit for our immortal spirit. But I heard my spiritual father say something really powerful. He said, you know what? You don't need to grieve when somebody you love departs because they're our future. They're our future. And they'll all be there to meet us. I heard, um, because there are people that have, and we talk about this a lot, they've been to heaven and they were sent back. My, the person, only person I've ever known is my godmother left her body. She had an orange-sized great, um, brain tumor. And it literally, and she died. <laughs> but literally, they took her in for a scan, and it dissolved in front of the doctor's eyes. It was, a, it was just a miracle. Just a miracle. 
I love just miracles, don't you? Love them. And of course, they couldn't believe it. You know, there's always an explanation. Cindy and I will remember, this must have been 36 years ago. A young couple in our church had twins, and at five months old, one of them was diagnosed with leukemia. And we had a 24-7 prayer vigil, spent a whole weekend. People just took turns fasting and praying the whole weekend. And that Monday morning, she was supposed to get a port, a little five-month-old infant. And that the mother called me screaming. And, I, and that, back in those days, the phone was glued to the wall. And I literally had a 100-foot cord on my phone because my kids were bad. And, you know, if they're going to really act up, it's when you're on the phone. And so I had a 100-foot, one of those coily cords, so that I could walk and grab them by the throat, <laughs> which I did frequently. And she was screaming, and I kept saying, please, what, what is wrong? And she started yelling. I can still hear it. She's healed. She's healed. I went, what do you mean? And right before they put in the port, they ran some more blood tests, and everything was normal. As you know, with leukemia, right, Jovette, your white blood cell count is off the roof. And they ran more tests, and they couldn't find it. And so they sent all of the original, whatever they do, pathology reports, thank you, to D.C., to, I think it was the Air Force Institute of Pathology, or something like that, I don't remember. And... Uh, because they decided it must have been a parvovirus in humans that acted like leukemia. And so they sent it, and it came back. It looks like leukemia to us. I will never forget that next Sunday, because they released her from the hospital. That next Sunday, Cindy, remember this? During worship... She took that infant and ran to the front of the church, tears pouring, and danced and twirled and danced and twirled. And I thought, dear God, the child survived leukemia, and you're going to drop that baby. And she grew up to be a beautiful young woman. So maybe that's my whole message. <laughs> but when it doesn't seem to produce what you asked for, did you quit? Did you quit? A very famous preacher whose ministry successfully spanned with no flaw in his reputation, he was above reproach, for 60 plus years. Some ministers came to him one day and they said, you, I've never heard you say anything bad about anybody. I bet you even have something good to say about the devil. And he thought for a minute, he goes, well, he is a persistent cuss. Can you outlast him? Lately, Jesus has been calling me to a deeper place of intimacy and prayer. And this is what he said to me. I'm just going to share it with you. Be very alert and aware. 
Walk in a place of awareness. Really walk in a place of awareness. And in your prayer time, allow me to speak to you and show you areas and times of your life where things were rooted in you that you didn't know were being rooted and planted and that need to be uprooted. And we talked about this last week. And so I am extremely open to the voice of the Lord in my prayer time. I'm extremely, Lord, anything that's been planted in me where an enemy has done this from infancy before, and before I was even born, anything rooted in me, planted in me that is not born of you, lay the ax to it, Lord. Bring it to my conscious mind. Lord, I'll deal with it. You know I'll deal with it. But be aware. You can't sit in prayer and be watching your favorite TV show. So we're just going to talk about praying without ceasing today for a few minutes, and then I'm just going to ask you to do the same thing. Jesus is not the author of confusion ever. He is the God of peace always, always. And so let's look at Luke 22, because I received an answer to a trial that I went through years ago actually through this passage, and I want to share it with you. This is starting with verse 21, 31 of Luke 22. Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has asked excessively, there's that persistent cuss, has asked excessively, and this is how it applies to us. It says in the Amplified Classic that all of you be given up to him out of the power and keeping of God. Now, if he stopped there, that would be alarming. That Satan is excessively asking that all of us be taken out of the power and keeping of God. Some of you are getting an answer right now. That he might sift you like grain, but I have prayed especially for you that your own faith may not fail. That's all the devil wants is your faith because without faith, you can't please God. So Jesus said, I am praying especially for you that your faith won't fail. And when, not if, when you yourself have turned again, this is what you do. Strengthen and establish your brethren. That's the purpose in the testing. To keep your faith how do you do that? Through prayer and the word and returning God's word. This is not rocket science. This is Christianity 101. A baby Christian can do it. An old Christian can do it. Anybody can do it if you choose. And Peter said to him, Lord. Now watch him. He's going to deny the word of Jesus. Ouch. Lord. I'm ready to go with you both prison and death. But Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, before a single cock crows this day, you will three times utterly deny that you know me. Now, what happened here? He wasn't aware in prayer. He wasn't aware. He didn't, be, he didn't remain alert and aware. What, what would be our response to that? Jesus, I humble myself under your mighty hand. Thank you for praying for me. Give me the strength to resist the devil, to submit to you. But no, oh, no, Lord, I'll never deny you. You know what? I don't think I can say that. 
because every one of us has that capability to deny him, every one of us. Every one of us has the capability to walk away. Every one of us has the capability to say, you didn't answer my prayer, I'm done. Every bit of it, every one of us does. Don't ever think you are so high, mighty, spiritual, and godly that the thief could never have access to me. This was Peter. This is the guy who saw all the miracles. Now, remember, this is the end of Jesus' three-year ministry. He had seen the world itself could not contain the books of the miracles Jesus wrote or did. The world itself could not contain. He saw all that. Slept, ate everything with Jesus, and yet he denied him three times before the cock crowed. But Jesus warned him that the devil wants your faith. This morning during worship, I heard the Lord say, I, I guess it was you, Tiffany, or who was it that talked about the exchange? Was it you? Okay. And I heard him say at that point, I'm exchanging defect for perfect. Because James 1 says that if you will endure trials and you will consider it all joy, that the testing of your faith will produce endurance. And if you let endurance have its perfect result, you will be perfect and entire, lacking in nothing. And the Amplified Classic says you will be a person without defect. I'm exchanging what is defect for perfect. If you'll stick with it, if you'll stick with it. And so as you pray, you'll gain more understanding. There was a kink in Peter. There was something that needed to be uprooted. Maybe it was pride. I think we've all been there. Lack of humility. I like to think that if Jesus said that to me, I would have been on my face. Please, Jesus, help me. I know I could deny you. And it's easy for all of us to say I could never deny him. But you know what? We are still blessed to live in a country where we're allowed to practice our faith. But I wonder what would happen if we were under the sword or the guillotine or the firing range. I'm telling you, I cannot with all assurance say I would never deny you. I pray I would never deny him. I don't believe I could deny him. But I certainly am not going to stiffen my neck and say, oh, no, not me. Let he who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. 39. So Jesus prayed for Peter. He declared both the purpose, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, and the end result that your faith fell not, go strengthen your brothers. And that is what happened ultimately, glory to God, because he did learn humility, didn't he? Because when he did deny Jesus, he didn't do what Judas did. He didn't go and hang himself. He wept bitterly. And isn't it beautiful that one of the Gospels, I don't remember which one, right when that cock crowed, Jesus looked at him. Don't you know he looked at him with such compassion? such love, such forgiveness, and no condemnation. What a Savior. Luke 22, 39. And Jesus went out, and as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. 
When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. He withdrew from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed. And he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. That's when Jesus surrendered right there. He surrendered to the cross, the horrific death of the cross. I was reading this morning. I'm reading through the New Testament again. And I was reading the last chapter in Luke. And I love it when he appeared to the disciples. And you know what I really love? I'm not going to get into it. I love the fact that it was the women that believed him. And you know what? The the men called them crazy. They said something like, they're driving us out of our mind. Keep on, women. Keep on. But Jesus said, flesh... And bones. He called himself flesh and bones. Why? Well, he didn't have blood anymore. He'd shed it all. He was resurrected. So, Father, if you're willing, remove the cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him in spirit. And being an agony of mind, he prayed all the more earnestly and intently. And his sweat became like great clots of blood dropping down upon the ground. And when he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping from grief. Remember the word to me, be aware. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Get up and pray that you may not enter at all into temptation. Why? Their faith was going to be tested. When he was resurrected, they didn't believe the women. But the women believed. I just believe that was a reversal of Eve. I really do. When she ate the the fruit of lies. I remember when I was 31. And my sister Kathy, the one now in heaven, had gotten pregnant four months after me. We were so excited because we were going to have babies together. And if you've ever had a baby at the same time that your sister is pregnant, it's just so much fun. I had that privilege with two of my daughters that both carried babies at the same time. So two, four of my grandchildren are months apart. Best friends, great friends. And so she started bleeding I'll never forget it because she had already miscarried once. And she called me crying. I mean, she's bleeding. It looks like the same thing's happening all over again, that she's going to miscarry. I still remember where I was. We lived in our first home. And, and here I am pregnant, and I had a belly by then. And I remember falling on my knees. I mean, a spirit of intercession came on me. I fell on my knees. And Obviously, did not sweat clots of blood, but it was one of the rare times I was in such deep intercession, and I prayed with every fiber, every cell in my body until that spirit of intercession lifted, and when I got up, I knew she'd be fine, and she was, and you know what's amazing is that is the son that took care of her throughout the latter days when she could not raise her head. She could not feed herself. She could not walk. That was the son that carried her, fed her when we weren't there, went over there day and night, spent the night. 
And he was a son that was with her when she took her last breath and held her hand. The one that the devil tried to steal. Don't give up. Colossians 4.2, be earnest, unwearied, and steadfast in your prayer life, both alert and intent in your praying with thanksgiving. It doesn't say be grumbling, moaning, depressed, self-pity, poor me, I give up, I can't do this, I can't live. It's not what it says. George Mueller lived in the 18th century. He was a powerful man of God. And he started five orphanages in London. During his ministry in the 1800s, he cared for more than 10,000 children. 10,000 children. And this is what he said. I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray when I lay down and when I rise up. Tens of thousands of times have my prayers been answered. And the answers are always coming. When once I am persuaded that a thing is in the will of God, I pray until it happens. The point is, never give up until your prayers are answered. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually. Be unceasing in prayer. Praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. If you were not at Girls' Night Out, go on the Chosen essay and listen to Holly Wagner. And at the very end of her message, she talked about gratitude. And that was my word. I don't know how many of you get one word for the year, but I asked the Lord, give me one word for this year. And uh, we, we did this with our marriage group. We asked them to have one word over their marriage that the Lord wanted to fulfill. And, and when we have our last meeting for the year, they're going to share how they lived out that one word. My one word was gratitude. So when she shared that, I mean, I have so many gratitude journals. If you read all the statistics on gratitude, and what it does for you physically, instead of the complaining and the feeling sorry for yourself because you're living by what you see and you're living by what you feel, and I am determined to not be moved by what I see or what I feel. I'm determined to not live by that. I would not be here today. It's spring break, and thank you for keeping your word and coming. And I really needed to sleep this morning. I really, really, really needed to sleep this morning. I hate the time change. Thank God for it. But I do want you to know, since there's some kind of bill to keep on daylight saving time, I want you to know what it does to your circadian rhythm because we are made to function according to God's design. Just saying. Ephesians 6, 13, and 18, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands, stand firmly in your place. And it gives all the armor of God and the last piece of armor. Pray at all times in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To the end, keep alert. There it is again. And watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints. 
It says, so we see, be devoted to prayer. Pray at all times. Pray perseveringly on every occasion in the spirit. I just heard um, my friend Julie Fowler sent me a clip. It was really good from Lance Wallnow. And he was talking about, Delinda, did you see this about getting into politics? And he just, he went, how did this happen? I never wanted to do this. And he said, this was really good. He said, the Lord said, well, every time you pray in the spirit, this is what you ask for. I thought that was pretty profound. And let's see, what, what was the saying? It was like something like, get out of your head, don't be dead. I mean, we've got to get out of our head. That's all there is to it. If you stay in your head, you're going down. I don't want to come back and hear her anymore. Matthew 7, 7 through 11, keep on asking. It will be given you. Keep on seeking. You will find. Keep on knocking. The door will be open. Everyone, 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 everyone who keeps on asking receives. Everyone who keeps on seeking finds. Everyone who keeps on knocking the door will be open. For what man is there among you if his son asks for a loaf of bread? will hand him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll hand him a serpent. If you then, evil as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven... Give good to those who ask and keep on asking him. Don't give up for heaven's sake. Pray, 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 pray. Oh, I don't see it. Pray. But, 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 but. On February, excuse me, I'm going to have to count backwards in my head. 11, 10, 9, 8, 7th. After I finished speaking, I saw on my phone that Kathy had called me four times, four times. And I got in the car, I called right away. I said, what, what is going on? I, I said, I was, it's Tuesday. She goes, I've lost track of time. And she was crying. And she called to ask me to release her. She said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I said, you want me to release you? And she said, yes. I said, then I release you to Jesus. I'll be over there in a little bit. I went over there and I told my other sisters and my children, it's time to go release her. She wants to go. You know what? That's okay. It's perfectly okay. I didn't lose her. I know where she is. She knows where. Don't ever say I lost. Or people, I know I've probably made a lot of really good friends because everyone that comes to me and says, I'm sorry for your loss, and I understand what you mean. But what will come out of my mouth is I didn't lose her. I know where she is. She knows where I am. But you know what? Yes, I know what you mean. It feels like a loss. But she's more real. My daddy and my grandparents and what a reunion. What a reunion. I mean, I'm excited. My 91-year-old mother always, uh, she gets these little, I don't know what they're called, acronyms, I guess, when you text. And I, some of them are so ridiculous. I mean, I like SMA, shaking my head. I think that's really cool. And she would always do N-E-G-U. And I went, what is N-E-G-U, mother? And if I found out it was never, ever give up. Never, ever give up. So I'm going to close with my two very favorite parables my very favorite parables. Luke 11, 
Verse 5, Jesus said, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine's on a journey and I have nothing to put before him. And he from within will answer, do not disturb me. The door is closed. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and supply you with anything. I tell you, although he will not get up and supply him anything because he's his friend, because of his shameless persistence and insistence, he'll get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, a parable is a story to teach a principle. Here's the principle. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking. And it shall be given. Seek and keep on seeking. And you will find knock and keep on knocking. And the door shall be open for everyone who asks and keeps on asking. Receives and he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds, and he who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door will be open. He's going to give because you are persistent, shamelessly persistent, and confident in Almighty God. And I'm telling you, I am. Luke 18, this is my very favorite because I'm that girl. Jesus told them a parable, and then he tells them why. To the effect that they ought always to pray and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. And he tells the story of the unrighteous judge. And here the woman comes, and she says, give me justice against my adversary. And this was an evil judge. He didn't fear God. He didn't care about man. And for a time he would not, but later he said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her, lest she give me intolerable annoyance, wear me out by her continual coming, and at last she come and rail on me and assault me and strangle me. I love this lady. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unrighteous judge say. And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend, protect, and avenge them speedily. However, uh-oh, here's the condition. When the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith on the earth? Your power lies in your persistence. Your power lies in how persistent you are in prayer. If you give up, you give in. And the Lord spoke something to me. When did you quit? Because at the point you quit, you forfeit. When did you quit? Had she not asked me to release her, I would not have quit. I'm just telling you right now. Even though when I had that period of mourning last year, and I, I knew I didn't stop asking. I wouldn't have. And I'm telling you right now, if I hadn't released her, she wouldn't have gone. I know that. I just do. I'm going to close with a little story. Very world-famous preacher tells the story of he was living a very uh, rebellious life. Rock and rolling, drinking, smoking, I don't know how many packs a day, which that doesn't mean you're rebellious, but he, this is his testimony. And his mother was, she was this woman. She was this Luke 18 woman. 
And she absolutely would not give up. She prayed for years for his salvation, years and years and years and years. And one day, now this was by the Holy Spirit. He came upon her. She was on her knees praying for him. He'd once again been out all night, comes in, you know, alcohol. And she threw her Bible down. She said, that did it, Lord. If he goes to hell, it's not my fault. And three weeks later, he gave his heart to Christ. Rick gave his testimony on Sunday. He's been preaching on hope. It was so good. He told the story of the man, I guess his name was Wayne. Is that his name, Cindy Wayne? Wayne Walters? I don't have my glasses on, wait. <laughs> yes, Wayne Wall. And they were having lunch. And uh, he was witnessing to Rick about Jesus, asked him if he knew he was going to heaven. And Rick's response was, well, I hope so. And he said, Rick, you can know so. And Rick gave his heart to Christ. And then he turned around, led Cindy to the Lord. See, the gift goes on. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's time. You're still alive because you still have an opportunity. And it's not hard. You just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I give you my life. I ask you to live in my heart and fulfill your purposes for my life. And then you plant yourself in a good church like this one. You go to Bible studies. You join small groups. You connect. You allow yourself to be discipled. And you grow in him. And you turn around and you do what Peter did. Who would have known when he said, when you have turned strength in your brothers, who would have known that he would have been the voice of Pentecost? 3,000 people came to the Lord in a single day. And there, there wasn't any internet people, okay? <laughs> Don't give up. Persist. Even when it doesn't seem like your prayers were answered. Just know there's a higher purpose. And if you don't give up, if you don't give up, will Jesus find persistent faith on the earth? That's what he's looking for. Persistence, insistence. I mean, you just be one of those mean women. Now, I don't mean a mean girl. I mean a mean woman in the face of adversity that doesn't give up. Father, I just pray that tenacity, the persistence, the alertness, the awareness, the insistence, and the intimacy of a prayer-filled life burn in every one of us the passion, the compassion to be in union and communion with you every minute that we breathe. Lord, we just humble ourselves and we ask you, help us that our faith will never fail. No matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what the reports are, that our faith fail not. Hold us in your hands, beloved Savior. Nurture and cradle us, Lord. And help us to love, love talking to you and listening to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.